Hello everybody, welcome to the Football Fill-In. This is our last episode for a week because the FA Cup is this weekend. Boo, we don't want to say it, we want Premier League football. Anyway, Man United are absolutely flying. Another 3-0 win, they're into the top four. They're going to get top four, it is as simple as that. And we've got some managers under serious pressure already. Frank Lampard, Nathan Jones and Graham Potter. Is Graham Potter under pressure, lads? No. No. Yes? Yes, no. Yes. A little bit. Maybe, maybe. Uh, we had some huge wins for Forest, Fulham, Brentford and Brighton. Come on, it's a football filling. Let's get into it. Okay then, boys. How are we, Mark? Dave, we good to go? Yeah, Happy New Year. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, mate. Um, Before we get started, we're going to talk about Man United, by the way. Um, Watto, big Dave Watson, he's like a caveman, basically. He doesn't even understand what technology is, but he has just joined Instagram. So we're going to flash your handle, your Instagram handle, on screen now. Go and give him a follow, would you? He's a lovely guy, aren't you, Dave? Welcome to the real world for me, guys. He hasn't got a clue what he's doing, honestly, so it could be absolutely carnage on there, all right? Um, Right. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. We're going to start with Man United. Mark, um, big win. Big win. They are absolutely fine, aren't they? Trying to think which one it was. Bournemouth. Bournemouth, 3 0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three good wins. Forest, Wolves, Bournemouth. I mean, you should be beating those sort of teams, really. But um, yeah, I'm surprised how quickly we've got nestled into the top four. We're actually level, level Newcastle in third yeah. with the goal difference in Newcastle's favour. But I think this season, not even halfway through yet, um, I think points on the board's really important. Chelsea aren't in it anymore. Spurs look really inconsistent. Liverpool have got an injury. So. I think it's just about accumulating the points while you can because God knows what's going to happen later in the season with all the games. Dave, at this point, this moment in time, do you think that Eric Ten Hag is one of those top managers? The big boys, the likes of Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola. Is he up there at the minute? I don't think you can say that, but the past histories at Ajax would suggest he's going to do it over time. I think they've just produced, produced slowly, quietly, everything under the radar. Now... They're in the top four. They're going to be there to be shot at. Yeah. I think the pressure ramps up. Everything changes because Man United is so, so big. And then he's in an environment that's larger and bigger than Ajax, the Premier League, everything with it. But at the minute, you would have to say the players are on board, the producing results and look really comfortable, really yeah. comfortable. Is it a master stroke he puts Shaw in at centre-half? Roberto Carlos. Unbelievable goal against Bournemouth. By the way, I had him on my bench this weekend, yeah. 15 points he got this weekend, and he's my bench. He's my first He's my first defender on the bench, right? Joao Cancelo gets bought off after 45 minutes, gets zero points for me. Oh, that's a nightmare. Anyway, keep going, sorry. No, so he, he puts him in at centre-half, <laughs> and then he scores a goal like that. But he is, obviously, playing normally as a full-back, always going to travel. Yeah. Go through the lines, travel with the ball, and be comfortable. You've got Casemiro, who's always going to fill in, whether he's a full-back out of place, a centre-half, he knows the game, he reads the game, and it looked like they're they're playing with another dimension all of a sudden. And it's not disrespectful to Bournemouth, because Bournemouth did okay in the game, we'll talk about the hair later. I mean, he made three or four big, big saves, but through the game itself, they're looking really comfortable and look like they can go through the gears now. 
Talk to me. Talk to me. Go on. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say there, I think one of the two things that, 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 that I pick up on from that as well is that um, I think it will get harder because the expectations will go up. How do you um, think they'll deal with that? Um, I think, I look, look, look at, looking at the games we're playing at the moment, Bournemouth first half, we weren't very good, but Casemiro scores a set piece. We went through 150 corners without scoring. Yeah. We've, we've scored from two set pieces in the last two games. And I think that's what top teams do. And I think Ten Hag said that. He said set pieces are so important. Ranić said it last year, to be fair, because in a tight game, if you can add set pieces, it doesn't matter whether you've not played well, a set piece is something separate oh. in a football game, isn't it? That's like that's a set piece. Yeah. It doesn't matter what's gone on for the 10 minutes before. So you go in 1-0 up, gives them a bit of a bollocking, get the second and the third goal. And I think Old Trafford is not a fortress yet, but... I, th- I still think teams come to Man United and think they can get a result, but we've took a step up, so we're now knocking them down. But as Dave says, if you know, teams will start to realise United are a little bit more savvy, and then you, you face different problems, different don't problems, you? Yeah. Um, De Gea, like you said a minute ago, unbelievable save by the way against Bournemouth because Bournemouth, don't get me wrong, three 0 it looks like it's dead straightforward. Or yeah, I'm watching the highlights. Wow, David De Gea has made three or four big, like big big saves. Right, contract is up in the summer. Is he going to get a new one? First of all. I think 100% you've got to give him one. I mean, you, you, you lads are the goalkeeping experts, but for me, we saw Depravka playing goal a couple of weeks ago against Burnley in the Carabao Did you call Club. him Depravka then? Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. He, was not, he wasn't a rabbit in the headlights. Yeah, it was, I know. He was a bloody hamster in the headlights. He Mate, was, I've been there, all right? Well, Don't judge ask, him, OK? I've that's been what there. I was going to say. This is what people, it's so easy on social media to say, De Gea's, in, I want a ball-playing goalkeeper. And I'm like, I remember when Schmeichel went. It's... It's Manchester United, yeah. and, and you guys will know, but you see it as a fan. It's not just about, oh, I've played well for Brighton or whatever. David De Gea is in that position and knows it. And you can put him into the new camp, you can put him into Old Trafford's last five minutes, bombarded by Arsenal, and he, he knows it. Yeah. You chuck a new goalkeeper in, he might be brilliant, but he might take two years. Oh. That you, you may as well keep De Gea for the next two years. That, that pressure, Watto, is like, it's like nothing else, isn't it? Playing for Man United as a goalkeeper, it's like nothing else, right? I, I would, look, you've been there. I, I played in goal at, at such a, a lower level, if you like, and, and tried to attain the best I could attain. But you know there's some days you walk on that field and you want the opposition in your box, in your half, you feel unbeatable. But there's also days where as soon as that ball crosses the halfway line, you're like, shit, I'm in in big trouble here. (laughs) But when you play for Man United, there is no hiding place. And you have to have a guy who's been around the block, World Cups, European Championships... Champions League, this guy's done the lot, and I'm 100% with you. You change him, anything could happen to that team. What, what sort of a goalie? What sort of a goalie is David De Gea? Do you know what I mean? If you had to explain what David De Gea is to somebody, how would you explain David De Gea as a goalkeeper? I think he's a real calming influence on his team. Yeah. I don't think he's the greatest with his with the ball at his feet, but he's not bad. Yeah. And if they want to play, and Ten Hag wants him to play, he'll play. But he's a goalie. That at the level he plays at, his concentration levels are amazing because he makes the big saves at the right time. Yeah, he does. And yeah. that's what playing at the very top level is. Yeah. Switched on and been able to make the saves. The modern game now, you've got to play more for sure, and that'll come in in Ten Hag's philosophy and their principles of play. But ultimately, whether you're at the bottom of the league, you have to make more saves to stay up. But if you're at the top of the league, the big saves when you've had very little to do. At the big moments. At the big moments. Playing Bournemouth, it would have been easy for him to switch off thinking this is comfortable. At 1-2-0, and all of a sudden, goal, pressure's on. 
and you can get a set play a moment and all of a sudden the pressure's on. It's his yeah. positioning for me. I think his positioning. He likes it. I, he's, he's had this for a few years now and this is the bit, the bit that I think was missing from him at the start of his United career for the first few years anyway is just knowing where to be at that right time. But that all just comes with being calm and comfortable and collected and knowing what you're, you're good at and basically. Years of experience yeah. playing at that level and getting yourself in a position to make saves that we're saying here today are world-class and wonderful saves. A lot of goalies in the league probably wouldn't make them, but he actually makes them, and they're really quite comfortable for him Mm. because he's got all the attributes to make the save, but it's all because he's got the right positioning to start with. Um, Marcus Rashford, four and four on fire again, yeah? I think the great thing about Rashford at the moment is um, I think he's um, he's scoring goals when he's not necessarily playing that well. Uh, Ten Hag did an interview yesterday, and he was asked about Rashford, and he said, "You know, how do I, how do we improve him?" And he said, "For me, it's the same with Rashford and Martial. It's a hundred percent focus, a hundred percent of the time. And if you do that, and it's exactly what you said about De Gea, it's that's what a top player is: a hundred percent focus, a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. And 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 he and he scored a tap in, and he didn't really have a great game, but he scored. And you know, Rashford in the past probably drifts out of a game when he's not having a good game, and." You know, now the challenge is if Martial can step up. Because Rashford, at the moment, you take him out of that team, there's no goals. Yeah, I agree. Um, look at this, look, we've been all professional here, lads. This is nice, isn't it? This is, well, like, yeah, proper. But, yeah, but before you talk about Rashford, in his other moments, when he's not at it, he's probably outside the box, sleeping, yeah. and not got a tapping. And yeah, he's yeah. to get that killer mentality to mm-hmm. take it that next stage further. Yeah. And I think he's getting that. Um, United top four, they're going to stay in the top four, whatever? Yes, I believe they will. Man. I still think fifth. Um, you know, I'm the United fan, but but but, but what's he on about? What a pessimist! I, Come on, you've got the gear on today. I'm, I'm Ten Hag. You know, I've listened to what he's got to say, and I'm, I think this. We're not even halfway through the season yet. I'm just worried that if you lose a Rashford or a Casemiro, that team, um, Casemiro for me, you take him out of that team. You're playing Scott McTominay. You've lost the midfield battle with all due respect, and then suddenly everything changes. Do you remember early in the season when they signed Casemiro and um, Scott McTominay was playing? I was saying. It's really bad because Casemiro should be playing. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. Once he gets in, he'll be in, and it's so good. He's so, he's good, so mate. good. He's a proper player. But I, I do, I, I, look, I do think points. I, I want us to get it, and I hope you're both right. But I just think this Premier League is so weird. I'm guaranteed there's this thing in the tail. It's so competitive. It's so interesting. Okay. I'm loving it. Do you know what? That brings me then nicely onto Liverpool because the team that you think are going to pit Man United to, to that oh, top no, four. No, you can still get Liverpool and United in top four. No chance, Newcastle. mate. You're not getting them both in there now. Newcastle you're not getting them both. Drop out. I don't think you're getting Liverpool in there full stop at the minute mate I really really don't I watched them the other night they were the first game of the game week against Brentford Brentford pretty much battered them you know they had, I think they had three goals disallowed in the first half go on what you got to say yeah but it's like when they beat us Brentford are, I respect Brentford I yeah. think they probably I think they're 27% possession they're so clever yeah. at what they do they're so well organised they hit these big teams at home United got done and we got beat 4-0 with 30% possession Brentford so they're so I think they're brilliant Brentford and I think over the Christmas period, you're playing three games in a week. I wasn't shocked that Liverpool got beat. Yeah. And I don't think it means they won't get top four. I, I just think that their midfield is so vulnerable as well. That, I watched that Leicester game where, what was his name? Dewsbury Hall. Oh, he did Hall, yeah, yeah. Just breaks yeah, off yeah, Henderson. Lovely, weren't they? I, I think their midfield, I'm surprised they haven't bought a midfielder. That is where I'd be worried about Liverpool. But I still think, unlike some others, I think Liverpool have, they're not that far off top four. Um, I think they'll. I still. I still think they'll do. What do you make of Liverpool? I, I don't think they will. I, I think if you're Brentford and you see Klopp's interview, worried about you know little jostling in a set play and pulling. Yeah. I think they've already won the battle with the manager before the game starts. 
I think the back four is really vulnerable and they've not got that protection with the midfield now. I think Van Dijk, if he's got a hamstring injury and they're going to be short in the middle. Trent, as a defender, he's having the assists at the minute. but He's not that guy though, is he? He's not that guy defending. He doesn't want to go out there and and commit and and make it a one-on-one. He he, he commits himself or he backs off too far. He's really in between in his position. And the back four look vulnerable. They've not got the legs in the middle of the park. In transition, the front three could be anything. Yeah. And and they're, they're going to win games. But like for Klopp to come in after the game against Brentford, when you know it's all about set pieces, and be worried about a shirt to gear and claiming for a foul on a six foot four centre half who's just been blown over and wants a foul for the third goal, it's not happening. No. But you're not quite at it because you don't want your manager. I don't believe if you're Liverpool's players talking about that. That's a private thing. Saying look, we've worked on set pieces here. We knew what were coming. You've let us down a little bit individually and collectively. Yeah. But I don't think you need to put it out there because for Brentford, it's such a massive win. You know what I mean? Hey, the, 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 honestly, the corners, the goals that were disallowed, right? They're, they are millimetres as Millie well. School, yeah, Mi- millimetres. But it just look every single corner they had. I'm thinking well, this is going to be a goal. This is going to be another goal. And you got Virgil Van Dijk six foot five, Canate six foot four, six foot five. The goalie's a big old beast. They were nowhere near it, were they? They all look like rabbits in the headlight, but I'm all over Brentford, lads, I do. I absolutely buzz off them. I think they were brilliant the other night. Fully deserved the win. Fully deserved the win. Played so simple. Knew that Liverpool's full-backs were high. Every time there was transition, put it in behind them, run off the back of the two centre-halves, and you're going to get a free-kick, long-throw corner. Game over. Um, Without Ivan Tony as well. What, sorry? Without Ivan Tony as well. Without even Tony Brentford, I love the manager Thomas Frank's the man. He is. He's Just the got man. A new contract so deserves, deserves it as well, it, mate. He absolutely deserves it. Um, right, I'm going to bring on to the Chelsea Man City game. Okay, um, did you watch this game last night? By the way, lads, certainly did. It was a good game. Well, the second half was a good game. Anyway, first half was a bit. Uh, Chelsea decent in the first half, but another defeat for Chelsea. Graham Potter. I said at the beginning, is he under a bit of pressure at the minute? Um, he, he is, because driving in this morning, I can hear clips of Chelsea fans ringing in, and I just think this is modern football for me. I find it, I find it amazing. I, I think sometimes, look, I, I, I heard Arsenal fans wanting Arteta out, and I couldn't understand it, because you could see what he was going to do. As a United fan, I've seen Solskjaer, Mourinho, Van Hal, and you can see where it's going wrong. Even Ten Hag at the beginning yeah, of this Yeah, one, but with Potter, like, so Chelsea spend ridiculous money in the summer, that Fafana's had knee injuries for three years and they spend £80 million on Oof. it. Uh, Cucurella for £50 million was a lot of money. Didn't buy a striker, brought a Bamayang in, which is basically you know, a worse problem than Ronaldo because at least Ronaldo actually is, yeah. is a better player. He's had no pre-season and he's a very tactical coach. He's got no transfer window. Yeah. The injury record is ridiculous. Oh. I just think James, if you ben sacked Chilwell. Potter... Wow. Oh, they've got 11 starters out. Yeah. If, yeah. You sat, if they sacked Potter... Why? Like, he's got all those things I've said there. Plus, they're not getting top four this year. So you're better off investing him in in January and letting him have a look at some of this youth and just going, look, if you can do a cup, great, but let's stabilise, it's transition, let's be looking to next year. You've got to do better results. You've got to climb that table. But I just think ridiculous to be um, even thinking about getting rid of it. I, I think for Chelsea this year, genuinely, the worst thing they could do is get into that seventh, sixth, sixth position this season because yeah. they're not going to get top Don't four. Get the conference we know league. they're gonna, not going to get top four, but to finish in seventh or sixth, if they get the Conference League or Europa League, oh my God, that will ruin them next And they played season. well last night. I yeah. thought they yeah, played they did, really yeah. well. They, they lack a striker. Yeah. That was, that was I, it. I'm with you. I, I cannot... It's the modern era to say that Potter's got to go. I think you take... 
a step back and see all the problems. He's bringing youth into it now. And ultimately, he has to be given the time to let these lads flourish, especially if the injuries are going to be as bad as potentially they could be. But the problem you've got in the modern era, and if you're a Chelsea fan, you're growing up in the recent era in success, winning football matches, sacking managers, two or three games without a result. It's like a catastrophe. Um, See the game last night. They were probably a little bit unlucky in the end to lose the game. But you see the finishing team and the age of that finishing team they have to trust in the manager and his process to get them going a little bit. But they've got to use the transfer windows a lot better and a lot smarter if he's going to get a better chance further down the line. Well, looking at that as well, um, was it Sterling and Pulisic off in the first 20 minutes? But then Pep can bring Grealish and Mahrez on in the last half an hour and win the game. And I'll leave it to you guys. I, I saw it. I thought that Kepa mistake was just... Let's talk abysmal. to the goalie coach. Abysmal. I Let's mean... talk to the goalie coach. I, do you know what? I think you've got this one right. Yeah. I, I, honestly, Mike. You, I did think you I'm not surprised. You, you always get the goalie ones wrong because you haven't yeah. got a clue what you're talking <laughs> no. about when it comes to goalkeepers. But, but this one, I think you've last got Last night, right. I thought I'm going to bring this up. I thought he's got to move forward. Yeah. And he didn't. And, he, and you mentioned it as well. He didn't do it for the De Bruyne one. Right, break it down. What? Oh, come on, break it down. Yeah, the... so, so the goal itself, ultimately, the left-back can do far better. Yeah. Cucurella, in terms of matching the Mares run, from outside the box, he can bounce him, he can do whatever he wants. But as a goalie, you've got to be braver, you've got to know you're in trouble. You know when you play City, it's all about square balls across the face and little cutbacks. So you know you're going to have to be a little bit more aggressive. If you give him half a yard extra at that near post, you're still favourite. But what you're doing is you're giving yourself a real chance to help your two centre-halves stopping that ball. And on the actual goal, he's not got to look to his left to see Haaland normally piling in between the two centre-halves between the sticks. Haaland, for probably one of the only times this season, stops his run, holds in a cutback position. Cucurello's not matched his man. And, and Greeley said after the game, he didn't think he'd played the great pass. There's not great pace on it. And he thinks the goalie's picking it up. And all of a sudden, the goalie just pulls his arm away. And it's a tap-in. He's got to do so much better. Be aggressive. Be on the front foot. Know they're in behind your back four. And, and deal with a yeah, situation. That, it's a bravery thing, like both physically and mentally, isn't it? It's a bravery thing where you have to, like I say, when you play Man City, you know all they work on Man City is getting behind you, cutting it back, goal. Cutting it back, goal. That's literally, it's relentless, isn't it? It's, it's, it's hard. Sharp, so hard to play. Move. But as a goalie, you, he will have done work in the last few days, Kepa, of that exact thing. Cut back, so you need to be taking a step off of your post, yeah, into that six-yard box. It might leave it a little bit exposed, but they're not trying to score in that near post. You can still get your foot down there, right? But what you are supposed to do is you've got to have a bit of balls about you, haven't you? Bravery to go, I'm going to come into that area and I might get my head kicked, yeah? And I might miss one or I might whatever, but you've got to be able to do that. And he's... He's a ba- basically he's in no man's land. He's no not. Land. He's not covering his near post brilliantly, and he's not helping his teammates out either. He's done nothing. When you when you're two centre halves and the the opposite fullback, even though he's not matched him up and done his job, are flying towards your own goal. Yeah. The last thing they want is the goalie leaving it because they're going to put it in their own <laughs> it, goal. It could be an own goal. Yeah. You know when you see the post when you're running back this way, it's like shit. <laughs> Come on, where are you? But <laughs> but that's the only thing he'll have had to work on. Yeah. knowing that that's coming, because for sure as eggs as eggs, that's coming. <laughs> uh, this is You need to be on telly, by the way. This is what we need with the goalkeeping breakdowns, because instead of like, like Jamie Carragher last night, I was listening to the commentary, and um, he said, the goalie needs to do better. And that's all he says, yeah? He doesn't break it down. He doesn't tell you how he needs to do better or what he's done wrong. Or And I, all I hear is, goalie needs to do better. And straight away, my back gets up, and I'm like, 
piss off Jamie. And then I watch it and I think, yeah, actually, fair do. Yeah, <laughs> you got right, it right. Because he's right. played centre-half and he knows exactly. what he wants. But yeah. it's then having the detail to try and put Break that it down and articulate it in a manner that somebody listening to or watching can can take something from it. Yeah. Um, quickly on to Man City then. Um, you still think they're going to win the league, don't you? Yeah, 100%. Yeah? Do you think they've yeah, got a run in them? Yeah, I, 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 as I say, I think Arsenal, you know, if they beat Newcastle on the other night and then Chelsea get the draw they probably deserve, yeah. the league looks very different. But these little things at the moment, I know it's only five points, but I think we'll look back on and go, they, they were quite big moments. And yeah. Arsenal haven't got Grealish and Mahrez on the bench. And There's a few of them you yeah. can call on as well, yeah. to be fair. That's yeah. the thing, the squad depth, what you've been talking about. And I do earlier. think if it's a five-point gap, if you've been in a title race, and I know it's a long time for Arsenal, if it's a five-point gap with three games to go, that's still nine points. Yeah. And we spoke about the goalkeeping situation with De Gea. It's the same with the title race. When you've not been in it, suddenly Nottingham Forest at home yeah. becomes <laughs> like Barcelona in the new camp. No, so I think but it that, will be a pivotal week when they look at it, yeah. because it could have gone from... Now five, it could have been ten yeah. so easily on the flick of a switch, and they will have turned off last night at ten o'clock. We blew it. Man City's yeah, mine. Yeah, we've yeah. got to play them twice. Mm. The mentality changes straight away, and they're not used to being at the front. You know, yeah. as long as it goes all the way to the end of the season and keeps us on the edge of our seats and interested, that's all I care. I'd like Arsenal. I will admit, I'd like Arsenal to do it. Yeah, I would and, too. And and that's not obvious for United fan because obviously Man City should be a bigger rival. But Arsenal, I always feel is a bigger rival for me because I remember the late nineties and you know it, it was a brilliant rivalry. But it's I'd, a tough win now. Mm. But if they could do some good business, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's key, especially yeah. if. Uh, Jesus is going to be out for a couple. He doesn't a even need time. to be starters. We're going to come on to Arsenal now, then, okay? But before we do quickly, just want to say um, just some sad news breaking during the show. Uh, Gianluca Viali uh, has just unfortunately died. Um, we at the Football Fill in Cycling GK just want to pass our best wishes on to his family. Uh, rest in peace, Gianluca, an absolute legend of the game. Right, look, come on, let's take it on to Arsenal then. Um, 0-0 draw against Newcastle. Um, do you think it's an opportunity missed? Do you think that's what it was? Um, yeah, I think if you're at home uh, and you're as good as Arsenal are, then they, you've got. You, it'd be wrong if they weren't disappointed because you've got to win those sort yeah. of games. But you've got to also respect Newcastle. I, I watched the first. I, I watched it all. United run at the same time, so I was sort of watching two screens. And first five minutes, Arsenal were like a bloody steam train. Yeah, they, they were. were. Apps. I thought they they've done this good. recently yeah. a lot, haven't they? They've and then Newcastle, fast. you've been in that situation. I suppose as Watford, you're away from home. If you can keep that clean sheet, yeah. you grow into the game. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a great point for Newcastle, who were very dangerous. And for Arsenal, you're not going to win every game, and drawing at home to the th- team in thirds not the end of the world. But you know, as Dave says, it's if you win that, it just gives you that extra impetus. And their next two games are Spurs away and Man United at home, so massive for them. Um, did you see the stats, by the way, of how um, often the ball was in play? So, 90-minute game, the ball was in play for 51 minutes. 51 minutes. We saw it at the World Cup where like, you're putting like 14 minutes of added time on at the end of the game. Do you think we need to get to that point? I don't know, because I think surely you're going to kill the players. Yeah. Like, you Too know, much you're asking them to play three times a week, and I, I thought in the World Cup it was silly. I, I, I want to know one or two minutes at the end of each half. Oh. You know, that last 10 minutes, 80 to 90, you know, you're thinking how long is going to be added on. You don't want to know there's going to be another 15. So. No, I'm with you. As a... what we love with the Premier League. It's the intensity yeah, of the game. Exactly. And, yeah, of course, managers and coaches sometimes argue when it's two or three minutes and you possibly want six or seven. Mm. But going to World Cup 12, 13, 14 minutes, I think it's crazy. And ultimately, it's like another 
quarter of a game for some of these players with the first half time and second half time, you're not going to be able to do it. And you can solve it a lot easier. Rather than having 15 minutes on the end and people are missing their train home, get the referees to just be a little, more, little bit, you know, chuck a yellow, yellow card out in the first half there for it. Go. He won't, you know, there's ways you can do Manage that within the 90 minutes. This is why I'm glad I'm not playing anymore, right? Because uh, if, if they're going to start enforcing that rules where referees are giving yellow cards willy-nilly for time-wasting, I would have been fucked, biggin. <laughs> Mate, and I would have been on for your yellow cards. How many times have you played against you? Just pick it up and kick it. <laughs> Winning 1-0 at Southampton again. That's, kick it. That's when you've got to take a breather, mate, all right? When the ball goes behind there, you've got to take a nice little walk, slow it down, yeah, slowly put it... Oh, that's not in the right position. Let me go and put it in the better position. The wind blew or something like that. Um, right, uh, what, I just want to quickly talk about Mikel Arteta. At the end of the game, I don't know if you saw it or not, like proper theatrics. I just think it's a little bit over the top. They weren't really penalties. We saw them, but I know we get the benefit of seeing it in like slow-mo, all that kind of stuff. But you can tell watching it live that they're not penalties. But Arteta kicking off on the sideline, I just, what are you doing? There's no need for that. It's a little bit of a show, isn't it? It is, I mean, exactly look, that. You know, he's frustrated. It's nil-nil. There's half a shout for a penalty in injury time. If you're Newcastle and you get that against you after playing like oh, fuming. the game's finished, Oof. you know what I mean? So you've got to be honest, it's not a penalty. Probably more of a penalty if they are really have a look at the shirt pull, potentially, especially when you're going on what Klopp's talking about yeah. in terms of Brentford and that. But I, I don't see it. I think it was a real good game against two good football teams. I think Arsenal um, will feel disappointed because they're at home. But Newcastle... They're a different team than what we've seen in the last five or ten years. Yeah. They're incredible. Eddie Howe deserves all the credit. It's a real tough game. And both teams ultimately can can move on from it. But Arteta's just got to be a lot calmer whether he feels as though the fans need to see that or his players need to see that to know he's with them. But it's just a little bit out of context, really, in, in, in the terms of that. Yeah, because he's not been like that. And I think, actually, Pep probably looks at that and goes, oh, I quite like that. We're not yeah. even halfway through the season and he's, he's winning, doing stuff you? like that. Oh. I, I, I think Arteta's big thing has always been he's quite calm and collected. And the running around and jumping around oh. like that, I think... You know, there's a it's long way him, to go, it? mate, and you're going to keep that going till May. You're going to burn yourself out. Yeah, settle yourself down a little bit. Um, OK, that brings me on to then, chump of the week. I've got a nomination this week, lads. Um, Nathan Jones, Southampton, another disappointing loss against Forest. Big match for them. They would have wanted to get three points from this. But after the game, right, he's come out and he said, regarding the loss... Um, it's not entirely his doing. Basically, it's not his fault, right? It's the player's fault. Like, if you're a player, yeah, you, you, you've been in changing rooms when stuff like this up. If the manager said that after the game, that is not going down very well, is it? No, and the one thing a new manager wants at his team is to have an effect and have a positive effect and try and build relationships with the players. I, I don't think it's very positive for him to say that. But ultimately, when you get beat at home off Nottingham Forest you've got to take some responsibility yeah. and say, look, this is the situation and we're going to fight tooth and nail to try and get out of it and try and be collective, if you like. Yeah. Nathan Jones, what do you make of him? I just think it was a you know, a, um, a relegation the minute they brought him in. Uh, I'm not saying Hassan Hook would have kept them up, but um, I, I wasn't inspired by that. And, you, you know, you've seen this in the past in the Premier League. A team's in trouble and you think they're going to bring in a, a Deitch or even a Warnock or something like that. And they bring someone like that in, and with all due respect, yeah. as an outsider, you just go, "Well, that's, that's not done. inspired. That's them done." And yeah. I think if he's talking like that, he almost knows it as well. Is he planning for the championship already? The, the, honestly, I can only say it from a player's perspective, right? If I played a game, and like I say, it's in, you're in the relegation zone, you're scrapping, you're playing a team that you you want to win, you've got to beat, you've got to beat. Basically, you go and lose, and your manager comes out and says that afterwards. 
it's not going down very well, honestly. That is the kind of thing that creates a bit of a rift between the player and the manager, which then subconsciously makes players just not really put it in as much. And it's, it's a bad thing to do. It's well, a really a fan, bad thing to do. As a fan, as a Southampton fan, you're... Yeah. What, 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 what have you got to go with there? You, you, your, your leader is basically saying, not my fault. Well, whose fault players is it then? are going, well, not our fault. Hello. You know, whose fault is it? Right, there we go. Trump of the week, Nathan Jones. All right, and lads, we've got a quiz at the end of the show, so make sure you stay tuned for this, by the way, because Fozzie got off to a really good start in 2023. One from one. Absolute champion here at the minute. Goldbridge, I can see it already, is nervous, absolutely nervous. Um, right, let's talk about Tottenham quickly. We're going to breeze through some games now. Come then, Tottenham Palace. Uh, I'll watch this one live again. Palace, decent for the first 45 minutes. Tottenham, eh. And then they came out, did the business in the end. Harry Kane, two goals. What are we saying about Spurs at the minute? Well, the, the, they went in 0-0, which is a, a real positive for them. Normally, they're one or two down and he has to lose his rug with them. But first half, there were nothing in it. Lloris made a big save come out second half and really blew him away and that's what Kane is first one's you know ahead of back post but the pass inside the touch and the finish yeah. as a goalie you've got I mean it's in a millisecond it's in the, the bottom finish corner. is so it, quick it, Mark it, honestly it, it's incredible this, this again this is where we need like people goalkeepers and stuff and to really break that sort of goal down the Harry Kane second goal um, the, the pass into him is fantastic but the touch because the touch means he can shoot it first time. And the touch and bang is that. It's it? quite literally that. Touch and bang, right? Guaita in goal is just... He hasn't even got a chance to get set, has he? It's in before he's... It's in before he's seen it's it. That, it's that good. It's beautiful, it's isn't it? If he could have done some stuff like that at the World Cup, Harry Kane, we're winning it, guaranteed. It's like a chalk and cheese sometimes. I know what he would have helped. Oh, yeah. Oh, come on, leave it alone. Leave nah. it now, right? World <laughs> Cup is done, OK? Um, tell me what you think of Antonio Conte, though. I, I, I just... I'd despair as a Spurs fan because I predicted they would lose that, yeah. but I predicted they would beat Villa, and that's that's Spurs. Like, yeah. They're just so <laughs> unpredictable. <laughs> I can't I can't predict Spurs anymore because I just don't know what they're going to do, and I don't think they'll get top four because of that. And I don't think Conte is a good fit. I really like Conte, but I just don't think. I think even Spurs fans are starting to realise that they'll never get the full potential from him because they'll never provide what he probably needs and he's probably looking at it and going the same so I think they're always going to he's a very good manager probably you know he could get them fourth this year but they're never going to go to that next level Spurs and um I think that they're so so unpredictable. It must be must be Spurs never going to go to that next level. Mark Goldbridge said it here first. All well, right, they're not we'll, the trophy cabinet. We'll clip this in five Ikea. years' time, all right? Won't we, <laughs> Lukey boy? We'll clip this in five years' time when they're Champions League winners, all that kind of stuff. You won't. Um, le- <laughs> you won't. Uh, Leicester, Fulham. Um, this is a massive win for Fulham, by the way, lads. I've, again, I've watched this game. Leicester, <laughs> they've let the goal in and then they they hit the crossbar. They've hit the post. Goalie's making saves right, left, and centre. Leno on absolute fire. Um, that's a huge win for Fulham though I think they're what are they 7th or 8th in the league Jamie? Yeah 7th yeah, or 8th in the league uh, Fulham Yeah 7th 7th or 8th one of them anyway um, Leicester yeah they're just a bit sort of hit and miss at the minute aren't they? Well Leicester had the momentum pre-World Cup they'd got a real poor start to the season they'd got the games got them under the belt got some results they've had the break where Fulham are totally opposite they've had the World Cup break and obviously they were doing reasonably well before yeah. three wins on the spin it's momentum it's confidence Mitrovic up front, what a real focal point for them. It's the most he's scored, I think, in the Premier League. I think they're on as many points as what they went down on last time they were in the league. They've got something going there. The manager's done an unbelievable job, but they are a good team. And I would say any team in the league wouldn't want to be facing them now. 
Mark, yeah. question for you, right? Man United need a striker. If they want to spend 30 million on Mitrovic, would you be happy? I'd be very happy, but it won't happen because Fulham wouldn't let it happen for less than 50, would they? Do you so, reckon, yeah? No, they don't need... I mean, Fulham are having a great season and they're like, they're like Brentford, aren't they? They're doing really, really well. They, why would they say you can have him for 30 million? We, we haven't got 30 million anyway. <laughs> but um, No, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd happily take him for 30 million. You know, he's, um, he's the perfect thing for what Manchester United need because we don't necessarily need a starter. Yeah but you want somebody who can compete to be a starter. And he probably would be a starter, to be honest. I think at this moment in time, Alexander Mitrovic could go to Chelsea, Arsenal and Man United and start week in, week out and score goals for them regularly. 27 years old, he is on fire. How many goals has he scored this season, Jamie? 12? 11, 12? On absolute I think he'd be fire. perfect for Chelsea at the moment. I think Chelsea should snap him up if they've got any money because they haven't got a striker. And I think he's the perfect striker to have in your squad yeah. so that, you know, maybe you buy a... Maybe you have a Jesus, but you've got a Mitrovic. You know, maybe you have a Martial, but yeah, you've got a yeah. Mitrovic. Somebody to accompany. Yeah, you, not, I'm not, not disrespecting the guy and saying he's a bench player, because yeah. I think he could start, but you have another striker with him and you just say, go out there and compete. I love him. Under the radar is what he does. He goes all the way under the radar. I absolutely love him. He's a brute of a player. Um, another manager under pressure, Frank Lampard, Mark. Um, 4-1 defeat. I don't know why I'm smiling about this. Why are you smiling about this? I don't this? know. I think it's because I said at the start of the season he will get the sack. Yeah. And I had loads of Evertonians saying, no, no, it's not his fault. And I've got to say, respect the fans of the clubs. It's up to them. But he's got to go. I said it about Gerrard as well. Lampard and Gerrard, you, amazing players. Not many people can be amazing players and amazing managers. And I think we've fallen into this trap where just because they're an amazing player... They think they're an amazing manager. And Lampard, I think he has had restrictions at Everton. But I look at that team and it should be doing better. There's yeah, some good should, players yeah. in there. They've you. got a really good yeah. players in there. I mean, they're a mid-table team. They're not a top But they shouldn't team. be in the bottom three. They shouldn't, they shouldn't be, be fighting relegation. Bottom rele- yeah, yeah. so I think, uh, I think that team is set up for someone like a Sean Dyche to come in yeah. and just steady the ship and, and have an opportunity at a club like that. But... Um, that, 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 I'm baffled how you lose 4-1. Brighton are brilliant, but I'm baffled how you lose 4 But That's that's down in tools, isn't it? Yeah. At, at Goodison Park, to lose 4-1, it's not acceptable. So, um, United in the Cup, um, and then, you know, I think they've got a couple of games Southampton against... at home. Yeah. Oof. Well, see, I'd get a new manager in that, because if Lampard beats Southampton at home, it's sort of like elongates the inevitable, doesn't it? Whereas if you get the new manager in... You give him those games. A, a sensible bounce. head says, get Sean Dyche in. If yeah. you get Sean Dyche in, you're not getting relegated, are you? No. You will not get relegated with Sean Dyche. That's a sensible head, not, not but it won't happen. Not with the players he's got. Exactly. Yeah. With the players he's got, he can work with that team. Like Tarkovsky. Tarkovsky. Come on, big lad. Did you see him try and header it? Dive header it, by the way. Oh, my God. Incredible. Um, Brighton, though, I just want to talk about the striker, Matoma. Okay, So, beginning of the season, nobody really knew much about this guy, but he is absolutely killing it. Looks a million dollars, doesn't he? Yeah, it? so sharp. Yeah. And... and playing with real confidence now but yeah. they're a real good football team yeah. he's obviously been another piece in their jigsaw that they've seen over time and know that he's going to fit in and he's playing so so well and he looks the real deal and then they bring a young lad in last couple of appearances two goals in two games youngest ever scorer for him in the Premier League setting up chances I mean the chance that he creates for the third goal a young striker is scored, you think he's going to shoot, just lays off a simple Lovely, pass, another right. goal. He's playing with real maturity, but Brighton are a real team. The only disappointment for Everton is they've got the momentum, they've had a point at Man City, yeah. then a it's always the same, a home game against a team that everybody perceives that they're going to beat, but we know Brighton are better than that, 
But you've got to do more than concede three and five minutes in the second half because the one thing Everton fans want is 100% and mm. look like you're really fighting for the team. Yeah, I'm yeah. a big Brighton fan, mate. I love them, honestly. They are ruthless, absolutely ruthless. You know what you're going to get from them. And by the way, their recruitment policy, whoever they've got working behind the scenes to sign these players from God knows where they're signing them, they do it season after season and they'll end up selling them for 40, 50, 60 million quid. McAllister didn't even play the other day. Do you know what I mean? Players like that, incredible job Brighton are doing. Uh, Leeds, West Ham, we were speaking about a manager doing the theatrics earlier. Um, Jesse Myers sent off again, by the way. Sent off again after the game. Uh, two all against West Ham. Um, West Ham struggling a little bit. Leeds kind of... It's one of those games where you could see this being a bit of a draw, really, couldn't you? Mm. I think Leeds are... <laughs> no, I, I didn't realise what the score... I was just looking at Tom going... What was the score? <laughs> I knew it was a... I remember it being two... Was it 2-0 to so, West Ham? Yeah, uh, no, 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 it wasn't, no. Leeds went 1-0 one. up. You went, don't watch these games. Went 2-1 West Ham and then Leeds got back. <laughs> wow, as I've watched the game... Um, <laughs> No, I think I think that's one of the games where you didn't need to watch it and you can just summarise the result yeah. and say that, yeah, it probably had a draw written all over it. Um, I mean, he's another guy we've not mentioned, Moyes. Yeah. Uh, again, that they should not be down there. I and mean, you could say it's a bit of a, you know, a tough season for them. Um, but I, I think that the, this is the brilliance of the Premier League. Leeds against West Ham, Everton against Fulham. You, you, they're very hard games to predict. So it's probably not a bad result for West Ham. Yeah. Um, Leeds would probably... Be, uh, have hoped to have won that, but I think I think Leeds is one of the toughest grounds yeah. to go to at Without the minute doubt, because yeah. now they're, they're they're obviously getting established in the Premier League and the fans are incredible. Mm. It's because they're really enjoying that experience, even though they've been in another couple of years now. But it's real tough at Ellen Road for for, for a visiting team, um, and obviously normally West Ham going two one up, you wouldn't expect them to to concede to get the two two. And in the end, Fabianski made an unbelievable save, last kick to yeah, he did, didn't he? Beautiful two. We love Lucas Fabianski, don't we? Yeah, proper goalie, he's man. Top goalie, proper goalie. Just he was shit recently, though. What are you want about? No, he's not. He's world. I watched him. He was crap. No, he's world class. <laughs> uh, and finally, we've got a quiz in a minute, guys. Uh, we've Arsenal. got the... that was it. We're... Shit against Arsenal. No, don't worry about that. Um, Villa Wolves, Midlands derby. Um, I just want to talk about Emmy Martinez, okay? Yeah. So um, all of the all of his World Cup, you know, his exploits, all the theatrics, all that kind of stuff, but. Unai Emery does not seem to be taken to this very well. He's, he's, he said a few things in, in press conferences where he said, I'm going to have to have a word with him, I'm going to have to make him calm him down, all that kind of stuff. Then I realised today that Unai Emery was a manager at Arsenal when Martinez left. So, so Emery's a guy who sold Martinez in the first place, yeah? And I'm thinking, that must mean then, surely Martinez isn't the biggest fan of Emery. Do you know what I mean? And it probably works the other way as well. Would would Villa like would they end up selling Martinez? Is, could this ever happen? Something like that. Villa have got a lot of money now. You wouldn't expect them to be a selling club, but somebody's going to offer big money for him. Because Do you think so? Yeah. Yeah, he's a top top yeah. goalie, yeah. and he looks. Mate, if you've played in the World Cup and won the World Cup for Argentina, biggest platform, you know that. Like we talked about earlier, you can play on the big stage. You're not going to be phased by moments. Emery looks a straight lacer. Yeah. Emery's uh, sorry, Martinez has certainly got a character, a personality, and he might not might not like that. On the other hand, Martinez might thank Emery for being the manager that let him go and take the shackles off him and give him the opportunity. Yeah, true that. So it can work both ways, but I don't think Martinez's actions suit Emery's style of management. But for Villa to to potentially lose a World Cup winner. I think would be a real poor message to them. There's probably an easy way out, isn't there? If, if Emery really doesn't like him and Martinez probably wouldn't mind a move up 
from Villa if they can find a you know a Barcelona or a PSG or a, a or, fifty mil or something. Yeah, it probably benefits everyone. It doesn't benefit Villa fans because they probably want to keep him. But Martinez probably wouldn't mind a step up, and yeah, sure. Emery might go. I'd like to move him on, but he's yeah. a top goalie. It would not surprise. Um, finally, Wolves are they going to get relegated this season? Southampton are down, Bournemouth are down, in my opinion. Yeah. So one from five, I think it's really hard to predict. It is really hard. It's really it? hard yeah. to predict. I'm going to say Wolves get relegated. Mm. Um, <laughs> right, lads, um, it's the uh, it's the football filling world famous quiz. Uh, fastest finger first. I'm going to come and jump in between you. A rose in between two thorns. Are we ready lovely, to get it on? Lovely. Let's get it on. Okay, then everybody, we good to go. What's up? Yeah, go on, Bruce, we good. I'm ready. I'm Pass ready. this finger first. Let's have it. Come on, Jiminy, let's go. Okay, who is Manchester City's current captain? Kevin De Bruyne. Nope. Gundogan. Yep. Ah! Oh, no. Ah! Come on. Yeah. Oh. Who was the youngest goal scorer this weekend? Ferguson. Yes, Ferguson. Thanks. Thanks. Spoke about him all yes. morning. 18 years old. I wouldn't have got it. <laughs> <laughs> what club is Danny Drinkwater currently at? Millwall. Nope. Reading. Nope. Definitely a championship. Might be a foreign team, you know. No, he's not. Matthew, you count down. Coventry. Nope. The answer is none. He's a free agent. Oh. That's a naughty one. That's the sort of Ooh. one you normally get right. You probably get him. You've got to tell him that one. Yeah. yeah. Come on, Jimmy. I need, I need some <laughs> I can't remember him. He's got a rubbish memory. This weekend, who had the highest attendance? Arsenal. Nope. Bloody hell. Man United. Yeah. <laughs> what about this weekend? That's what threw me. What are you on about this, this weekend? This football weekend. This football weekend. Football weekend. Oh. That's harsh. That is. Could be a tester, that. Could be a tester. I was thinking nah. back to the weekend when we played Wolves. Nah, you've got to think yeah. out of the box. Oh, no. Got to think okay. out of the box. Got to think uh, out of the box. Ah, boo. Here we go. <clears throat> Are we doing that? Is that okay, yeah? Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> of <laughs> course, of course. This weekend, I'm thinking Wolves. Right, 2 1 nil. <laughs> Clean sheet, I'm good at these. Come on. <laughs> Which player had the career path of Groenigan, Celtic, Southampton? Van Dyke. Come on, I'm in it. <laughs> it's Groenigan, well, anyway. What, what do we do? Is it first to five or ten questions? <laughs> so, pronunciation. Is it first to five or ten questions? It's, it's ten, ten questions. questions. Yeah. <laughs> Who won the Premier League in 2004 and 5 season? Arsenal. Chelsea. Chelsea. 2-2-1. <laughs> oh. Okay. What club was the Leno at before joining Arsenal? Schalke. Nope. No. Shit. Bremen? Nope. Oh. I know it. No, you don't. I do. I went with one of two. You have to do a countdown. Yeah. Five, four. Red Bull. No, no. Bayern Lever- Leverkusen. Leverkusen. Darn, you know. They're in red. I could see them in the red. Which game had the most goals in this weekend? I know it. Don't Brighton. Yeah. <gasps> I didn't even look. I didn't even look. Oh, I got it, I didn't even look. I didn't even cheat this time. <laughs> well done. <laughs> three, two, one. Three, two, one, three, two, one. Weekend again. Yeah, weekend. Come on, mate. What is the predominant colour of Crystal Palace's away kit? Black. Black. No. Yellow. No. 
white. Is it? Yeah. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah, white. of course. With the, I think I've got with it over the there. Blue and red. Come on, Fozzie. Three, two, one. Let's go. Let's see it out. Come on, Mark. I'm like Arsenal. I'm like Arsenal. The season's drawing to an end. Can I hold on? Can I hang on? One more. Nerves are settling in. I can't answer it really, Mark. Otherwise, you're done. Who was the only player to score more than one goal this weekend? Who was the only... Hurricane. <laughs> yeah. There he is, the Spurs boys, it's come that, on! Midweek game That's again, how we do! That's how we do! That's two from two for Fozzie in 2023, everybody. Come on. Give Deli- it to you. Give it to you now. Delighted for you. Delighted for you. Oh, lads, I appreciate that. Well done. Never mind, right? 2 0, I was in front, and I got scammed Spursy. by weekend game. You got I'm Spursy. thinking about Wolves, and it's. <laughs> Watto, well done. Make and sure you go and give Watto a follow friend. over on Instagram. That's his handle there, right there. Goldbridge, you're the man. I love you all. I'll see you all next week, everybody. Bye bye. Come on, the boys. <laughs>